welcome to Debating Metal. I'm your host, Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal. Along with my co-host, Chris Kay, we discuss and dissect the songs, albums, and bands of the music we are most passionate about, heavy metal. So sit back, relax, turn it up to 11, and let the debate begin. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Debating Metal. I'm your host, Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, along with my co-host, Chris Kay. For the last several weeks, we've been going head-to-head with iconic bands and classic albums, but this week, we're doing something new. This week, on episode 39, we're debating Megadeth's greatest hits. Kenneth and I are going to pick 15 of our favorite Megadeth songs, creating our own greatest hits. Then we're going to have to go head-to-head and determine which of those songs makes it onto our combined list to create one mega-awesome compromise list of awesomeness. And as always, I'll bring you another dose of Rusty Metal, where I reach into the archives of Heavy Metal and highlight an album that I feel is worth listening to again, and for some of our younger listeners, for the first time. This week, in lieu of a freshly forged or online pick of the week, I stumbled upon a band with an album that I think needs a much larger audience. Uh, So stay tuned to check out A Pretty Sweet Diamond in the Rough. And after today's debate, we've got the Big Four, which happens to be our Big Four Megadeth guitarists. There's been a lot of them, and some truly amazing ones. So be sure to stay tuned until the end to hear which of Megadeth's guitarists made our list. If you missed last week's episode, we took on Testament's The New Order versus Practice What You Preach and gave you our Big Four Testament songs. To hear what we had to say about those great albums and what our Big Four Testament songs were, download or stream this episode or any of the older ones on all the major podcast platforms. And while you're there, click subscribe or follow and get our latest episode every Friday morning and give us a five-star rating or drop a cool review. We also want to read your opinions on these or any of our other topics. So if you like what we had to say or just want to rip us a new one, send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com or message us on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. Now it's time for Rusty Metal. All right. This week's Rusty Metal comes from our friends up in Canada. It's Exciter and the album Unveiling the Wicked, which was released in 1986. It's on Combat Records. It was produced by Guy Bidmead and recorded at Britannia Row Studios in London, UK. Um, This was Exciter's fourth studio album, and it was the first album to feature the new guitarist, Brian McPhee, who replaced the original guitarist, John Ricci. Um, It had an underground hit uh, with a song called I Hate School Rules, and the first time I heard that song, I believe I heard it on a radio show in New York City called Heavy Metal from Hell, and as soon as I heard it, I thought it was super cool. It has this really heavy drum sound, almost reminiscent to I Love It Loud from Kiss, but not as, I guess not as dramatic, not as bombastic, but it still has a really heavy drum sound. It's got this guitar that's in your face, but then all of a sudden, the most noticeable thing is the guy literally is screaming like this high pitch at the top of his range throughout most of the song. And even though in most people's opinions that'll probably be a really annoying thing, I don't know what it is about that particular way he's singing on that particular song that just kind of totally sucked me in because I love that song. I hate school rules. 
Um, the rest of the, like he doesn't normally sing that way. There's there's some songs he sings like that, but then other songs he has a little bit deeper tone, which is kind of weird. But the album also contains "Break Down the Walls" and "Die in the Night," which were two of the better songs in the album. It's a really really cool album. It was part of my youth, and I think that's what still attracts me to this album, especially to that song. Uh, I was in high school when it was released, and it's one of those. It reminds me of a very cherished time in my life. So the song got some airplay on WSOU, uh, Seton Hall University's radio station, uh, which plays a lot of heavy metal. So it was just one of those things that stuck with me throughout the years. And I think that the listeners out there are going to enjoy it if they listen to it and they pick it up. That's awesome. It's always nice when you have uh, music that that kind of has a special meaning to you. It it doesn't always have to be the best music if it hits you in the right way it's going to be something that appeals to you and it's going to be on your playlist that's right all right so this week i stumbled upon a band that uh i was i was listening to a reviewer on uh youtube that i i tend to watch his uh his uh reviews on transformer related stuff because i'm a huge nerd um but uh <laughs> he was talking about a band called therein and i i was interested because i heard one of the riffs they were playing and so i went and actually looked for the music and i was finding it hard to find their music in general and so i i use google uh, well not anymore google i use youtube music now and i found their album so i started listening to the album and then i realized i wasn't listening to the same band that i first was looking for because there are two bands that came out around the same same time uh, with the same name from different parts of the world that play similar music so i i uh stumbled upon this album called forsaken ground which i i really enjoyed it came out in 2015 from this german band that i'm i'm discussing out there and uh they play melodic death metal thrash metal uh it it's very similar to some of the stuff that you've heard in both of those veins and a little bit of the gothenburg sound this band came out in 2006 they've had a few uh a demo an ep then they finally released their full-length album uh, I I am amazed that they've had so little uh, attention to them because I really enjoyed the album. It doesn't have the the cleanest production. I mean, it's a self-produced album, but it's really good. the 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 first couple tracks that I listened to uh, were called uh, "Forsaken Ground" and "The Constructor," and those just really kicked ass and then i found one called transcended and i sent it uh to my buddy george who's uh, is a metalhead like us and he he really enjoyed it as well i was i was really surprised to find this very little known band you can find their whole album on youtube check that out it's really worth listening to give them a follow give them a like they're so worth it. So it's it's nice to find somebody that's just kind of underground and not very many people seem to know about uh, that that really should get a little bit more attention. That sounds pretty cool. What's the you said their name's Therein. Therein. How do you spell that? T h e r e i n. T h e r e i n. Is it two words or one word? Uh, one word, and I'll send you the. 
uh, the info so we can uh, post it on our Instagram, etc., so that we maybe get them a few more listens. All right, cool. I'm definitely going to check that out. All right, well, cool. That brings us to our main topic, and this is a this is different for us tonight. Um, we're going to be talking about Megadeth's greatest hits, and I'm going to have my 15 favorite. I guess you could put it that way, favorite uh, Megadeth songs. And Chris is going to have his favorite 15 Megadeth songs. And then we're going to compile them together to see where we can come up with the ultimate Megadeth 15 greatest hits. Yeah, I mean, these aren't necessarily the the uh, singles that came off of Megadeth. These are the songs that we picked as our favorite Megadeth songs. So we're going to create this list. Uh, the best flow that we think goes with the, the album and then between the two of us we're going to pick out ones that cross over like say we have the same song on both of our lists then we're going to pick those out you know set them aside play, get them ready to be on the greatest hits uh, but we still need to determine the the order of tracks so there's going to be a, a, a similarity to maybe to the the album comparisons that we've done uh, but this is going to be a little bit different and uh, a new experience absolutely all right, so um, I guess we, we, how would you like me to do this? You want me to just basically say my fifteen? Uh, do you want me yeah. to put them? Do you want me to put them in order? Go ahead. And, yeah, list your fifteen in order. Kind of explain maybe a little bit of why you're doing them in the order that you're doing them, and then I'll do the same, and then we'll uh, start picking out the tracks. Okay. So when I was younger, um, I used you know when I when. Uh, I had my car had a CD player and I, there was no such thing as streaming and there was no such thing as MP3s. Um, uh, I had a cassette deck and I had a CD player, and <clears throat> I would I would rip a lot, you know for for what it was worth it wasn't called ripping back then but I would basically take my CDs and put them on cassettes because I did not have a CD player in my car at the time. This is your late 80s, early 90s, and it wasn't until later on that I got a CD player, but. Um, what I would do is I would lay out the songs in the order of the way I thought a concert would go. So, you know, you got an opener, you got your middle songs, and then you got your end of the main the main show, and then you got the encores. So that's the way I'm going to list my songs, and, and I'm going to list them 1 through 15, and, and number 1 being the, o- the show opener, and number 15 being the final song, Good Night, Have a Nice Night, We'll See You Next Year, Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, so here's my list. Number one, show opener, The Threat is Real, off of the Dystopia album that came out a couple years back. I think uh, that and, and another song are, that they have are really, really good, perfect show openers because it's one of those where you, you, you the, the intro just kind of almost has this, you can almost sense the, 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 the buildup and then you know they because the, the song itself has like a some talking at the beginning and some noise, and then you know you hear the, push, the, the like the, the cymbals crash and the, and the guitars come in real real low and they build up. It's almost it almost feels like the first song of a show, uh, and it's, of course it's the first song in the album. And then his voice is calm, you know, and he's and he's very steady, and the song just builds to the end. So that's that's why I think that's a perfect first song. All I right. can see that. I mean, it's a it's great killer song right exactly yeah go ahead no i said exactly you were going to say something oh it's exactly right you the intro has this this uh kind of 
ambient, not noise really, I guess just ambient sound that that's kind of leading you into something like almost like there's something on the horizon that's building up. And that, I mean, it goes perfectly with the, the, the lyrics. The threat is real. Right, exactly. All right, so song number two for me is Hangar 18. Every Megadeth fan knows what song that is. Um, to me, that's really cool because just to, just how it jumps right into the, the main riff. And in the song, pretty much Megadeth has a style where, you know, they have they have all these, you know, this, this, a lot of double bass, a lot of very cool drum work in the background. And then... Uh, tremendous amount of lead work towards the end of the song. Uh, usually a lot of, you know, going through the chorus you know, with a guitar lead playing in the background. So that's the way a lot of their songs go. So a lot of these songs for me, I try to figure out what song, when it ends, can go into the next song and still keep the vibe going. And in some cases, it has to slow down. And, you know, in other cases, it's like it goes so fast, you have to bring the pace down. So Hangar 18... It's number two for me, and then number three, just keep it going, Wake Up Dead. And I, I just love, you know, Wake Up Dead is pretty cool. I love the, to- the story to, to Wake Up Dead. And, and you know, basically, if, you know, if he wakes her, he's going to wake up dead. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and just like at the end, you know, where it just, it's just to start stomping, dun, 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 you know, that, that whole, you know, and then it goes into more guitar solos. And... It, it kind of, he screams that last thing, wake up dead, and his kind of song just ends. And in a concert for me, that would be the perfect time where they could take a deep breath, you know, relax, say hello to the crowd, and go into their next song. For me, that next song would or should be Foreclosure of a Dream. That would be number four. Number, uh, I'm just going to go into the, to the rest of it and stop describing because we're going to debate the crap out of this. Um, so after, number, after Foreclosure of a Dream, I would kick it back into high gear with for, uh, Head Crusher. And because of Head Crusher being such a high gear song, we've got to bring it back down slow. We're going we're gonna to go into tu, uh, Atul Limon after that. And that, that's got a nice little slow pace to it. And then kick it back up again, 99 Ways to Die, song number seven for me. And we're going to keep the pace up. We're going to go into A Thousand Times Goodbye from that. That's, one, that's my, probably my favorite song off of the World Needs a Hero album. And after A Thousand Times Goodbye, we're going to listen to Kill the King, song number nine. That song just kills it with the double bass. I mean, I could play that drum rhythm all day long. After that, we're going to Hook and Mouth, song number 10. And we're getting towards the end of the main set, song number 11, Symphony of Destruction. Get the crowd cheering, get the crowd clapping, get, it, get everything going. And then end, end the main set with Mechanics, their version of basically the original version of, of the Four Horsemen from Metallica. Encore time, we come out with skin on my teeth. That drum fill just kicks in, and the crowd goes nuts. And then song number 14, the ever-wonderful Peace Sells But Who's Buying. You know, that, that killer bass line, it just keeps, the crowd is going nuts, and then it finishes off with their ultimate song, Holy War is the Punishment Due. That is my ultimate Megadeth concert. Nice. It's it's funny how similar and yet so different our <laughs> list is. <laughs> uh, so for mine, I, I took a little bit different approach and I thought of, you know, what would I want to listen to in the car? 
So yours is more of a, a concert, the buildup of a, of a concert, and I totally get it. It's an awesome concert list. Um, but mine is a little different because uh, I'm in the mindset of, of listening to it in my car, like say on a road trip, and what's going to – like what am I going to listen to on my way to work too? You know, the, the, the track order um, is, is a little bit different than it would be for a concert. So for me, I'm starting off with uh, something that just always kicks my ass, which is Holy Wars. So complete opposite because that was your last one. <laughs> right. Um, so for my second track, uh, a little bit different version of the fatal illusion uh, off of dystopia. I, I want to cut out that intro that uh, like the mechanical sounds from from the very beginning of Fatal Illusion uh, to almost uh, being straight out of Holy Wars. So um, a little bit edited down version of this, of the Fatal Illusion from Dystopia, then straight into uh, one of the biggest classics of the band ever, uh, Symphony of Destruction. So we're we're kind of changing the pace here with a, a little bit slower, but. Uh, straight into one of my favorite songs from the band, uh, Peace Cells. Then we're taking it old school back to the mechanics. Uh, then to Hangar 18, a kind of epic build-up song into one of my favorite from uh, well, the later era uh, with Sleepwalker from United Ab- Abominations. Just a really kick-ass song that I, I think really just doesn't get enough attention i think it's a great album and uh, has a few other songs i almost had on the list but didn't quite make it all right then we've got another crossover that we both had which was kill the king off of capital punishment uh angry again off of the last action hero soundtrack which was just a kick-ass soundtrack in general um then into my darkest hour from so far so good so what then we take it uh, pretty pretty heavy with head crusher great song we both had um then i've got a controversial one but i'm almost dead certain is not going to make the list <laughs> and that's i'll be there off of risk i love that song oh, God. all right so then we take it back to symphony of destruction with skin of my teeth uh then to dystopia again with the threat is real so one we both had as well and then one track which is very underrated and even though the lyrics are a little childish, one I really love. And if you don't remember it, give it a second listen to Don't Turn Your Back Off of Super Collider. Wow. Don't Turn Your Back, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Also, probably not making the list. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my list is a lot more quote-unquote classic than your list. I'm not a big fan of the latter Megadeth albums like United Abominations or 13 or Super Collider. Um, that's not to say I don't listen to them. That doesn't, it's not to say that I don't have a, a song or two off of each album that's on my playlist. But when it comes to having to enjoy myself for 15 songs, I had to put other songs ahead of it. Even though I have uh, a song f- from Dystopia, which is The Threat is Real. I like Fatal Illusion, and I like Dystopia as well. But um, because there were so many songs, I figured th- that was the best of the three. And Fatal Illusion, okay, so you talk about you know eliminating that mechanical sound at the front. I don't know what it is, but Megadeth has kind of done that throughout their career. They started it off with 
forgot what song it is. On, I don't know if it's it's not Last Rites, but it's the second song, I think, on uh, Killing Is My Business, where they're playing like this, I guess almost an arpeggio that just to me sounds like crap. But they, it's because it's so raw. There's not a lot of production behind it. And in its two guitars, you know, it just, I can't stand that. <laughs> and and Fatal Illusion is like that too because it's that it's a very dissonant kind of sound. And it, it, I, I don't know what he enjoys so much about that, but it's not something that I enjoy at listening to that stuff. So like you, I would cut that out if I had to. You mean cut the track out? No, cut no, that, cut that, cut that, that portion, portion out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... I like it on the album, but for this selection, it doesn't make sense. So, because because it, it it is a an album called Dystopia, and it has a you know Blade Runner esque theme to it. So it's going to have some of that that uh, futuristic mechanical sound to it. But that being said, for this per- particular selection, it makes more sense to have an edited down version to go straight from that. Yeah, that you know that from that really ripping actual intro to the song. So yeah. All right. So going over the list, I see here that we have one, two, three, nine songs. Nine songs in common out of fifteen. That is correct. And the nine songs that are in common are "The Thread Is Real," "Hanger 18," "Head Crusher," "Kill the King," "Symphony of Destruction." Mechanics, Skin of My Teeth, Peace Cells, and Holy Wars. So those, obviously, we're going to keep. So now we have to basically decide between Wake Up Dead, Foreclosure of a Dream, Atul Lemon, 99 Ways to Die, A Thousand Times Goodbye, Hook and Mouth, Don't, was it, Don't Turn Your Back? I didn't get to finish writing that. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Don't Turn Your Back. Don't Turn Your Back. My Darkest Hour, Angry Again, Sleepwalker, and Fatal Illusion. So where do you want to start? I think we kind of have to make a plea for each one of them. So why don't you pick one and we'll kind of see if I agree. And then we may add it to the list and then uh, vice versa. But yeah, we'll just have to kind of um, see how this goes. So. Uh, what's the first one on your list that you you think should absolutely be on there? I think um, that the song that needs to absolutely be on there to me would be "Wake Up Dead." You know, it's one of those it's one of those songs where it, there's not a lot as as far as lyrics are concerned, but it's such a a unique story. Um, basically, you know, this guy Dave Mustaine or whoever Dave may be playing in the story. This guy basically is sneaking into his own house after being out all night, you know, whether he's cheating on his wife or hanging with the guys or just being out all night in general. And then he can't wake up his girlfriend, wife, or whoever because if he wakes up, he's going to, if he wakes her up, she's going to kill him, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, it's just a really cool story. I mean, the musically is really cool. I, I think, you know, it's one of his, it, it's on one of his most classic albums, uh, one of the better songs on that album. A song that I know he plays a lot from time to time, you know, still to this day. So that to me would be my vote to 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 stay on there out of all the ones that are remaining. My number one to stay on there. 
I mean, I've, I think I'm willing to concede and, and give you that one. Wake Up Dead is a great song. Uh, it was on one of the, the like the long, long list that I had of, of tracks that I had to narrow down. So it theoretically could have made it on there, and I'm, I'm completely fine with, with that one going on the list. Okay, so what do you have? All right, so from my list that uh, we did not have crossover, I think... I think that Angry Again has to go on there. Okay. It's a it's a little bit slower track, uh, but it's it's a really iconic riff. It it kind of showcases a little bit different aspect of of the band in general. Like there's the really nice harmony singing, as well as the the really great riff. Um, and it, it's it's just it's a little bit different. It's some it's not the same thing that that's every you know that's on the rest of the this al- potential album. So I think it's it's a really good one to kind of break the pace up. Okay. I think for the matter of what we're talking about, I'll accept that because I, I, that was one of the songs that was on my list that I would, I would have chosen to add on there, very similar to like how Wake Up Dead was on yours. So while we're here at this point, while we, we, we have picked two because we have six songs we have to pick from the you know we had nine matching we got six songs we got to pick now we have to take off a couple let's let's see which songs we're willing to give up before you know before we uh go on to songs we want to keep okay like what's what's our least favorite of the yeah. six we have i suppose exactly whatever what what's the least favorite of the six that we have left Okay. Now, now, for me, it might be a lot harder for you than than it is for you because you picked some songs that that are on albums that you know, like I'll be there on an album that doesn't really exist in my world of Megadeth. <laughs> 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 so, all right. So for me, if I had to drop a song off this list, I probably just because it it. It's such a different song in terms of pace and style. I would probably drop Etou Le Mon. I'm I'm 100% okay with that because I've never really cared for that song. You know, I know I know people love it and I I I, <laughs> I drive my friend nuts when I say I don't like the song. It just for me it it never did it for me. I like the second version better. I can't remember which album it came out came out on. But there was a second release yeah, of that track, the one that had Christina, Christine, yeah, Scabia, that one's of, that one's much better. Um, it's faster, yeah, uh, it's and, a, and her vocals are great. Yes, so I do like that version better, but I I'm gonna accept that. Okay, so we've eliminated a tout le monde. All right, so for me, I gotta pick "Don't Turn Your Back." Um, I love the riff of the song; it's so cool. Do do give that one a chance later, uh, maybe tomorrow. Give it a chance, listen to it, uh, because it does have a really, really cool drum beat and and just the riff in general is awesome. The lyrics are just a bit childish, and that's always kind of been the turnoff of the song. Like I like the riff so much, but the lyrics are so cheesy, and and so it's always been this kind of struggle where I, I go, man, I like the song, but I don't but i like the riff enough that it i it's always on my list <laughs> <laughs> all right so we have um we we did nine songs in common 
We have picked two songs each to keep, and we have eliminated two songs. So two, we have two songs, so that, make, that brings it up to 11. So we have four places left for eight songs. All right, so let's look at what songs we want to keep now on our new list. Out of So I, I have four songs left on my list. You have four songs left on your list. Of those four songs, which do you have to keep? Oof. So for me, you know, I, I have Foreclosure of a Dream Left, 99 Ways to Die, A Thousand Times Goodbye, and Hook and Mouth. Of those four songs, I'm probably going to go ahead and drop because it's also another one that, that, that changes the pace a lot. I'm probably, uh, I'm willing to drop Foreclosure of a Dream. Okay. That That's, you know, if you want to keep it, we can we can argue about that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, Foreclosure of a Dream, it's, it's good in the context of the album. But I remember when... when they did their actual greatest hits years ago and it was on there i wasn't i wasn't really into it so i'm i'm gonna agree with you on that one that's that's probably my least favorite of uh the the ones you have left fair enough all right so if i'm gonna drop one more oof i'm really gonna fight for i'll be there (laughs) I have no idea why. <laughs> um, man. See now, your list—you've got—I don't—I don't recall Sleepwalker, but you have two slow songs. Because uh, I'll be there is not really that upbeat. It's not a slow, slow song, but it's not that up tempo either. Yeah, it's it's a you know pretty slow song. It's, I it, would say. I mean, it's as slow as uh, Tout Le Monde. So I think, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's maybe even a little slower, and you have um, and you have my darkest hour, which is also a slower song. Yeah, I think in my darkest hour is definitely the more iconic song, and probably let's just be honest, it's a better song. My darkest. So hour? I got to keep in my darkest hour. Okay. And unfortunately, even though what I really like about this particular song, I'll be there, is it really showcases a different aspect of of dave he sings really well on the song it's i mean it's a it's a good track if it wasn't megadeth if it was just dave mustaine solo i think people would really like it but it it is under the megadeth moniker and therefore it's always been a little suspect so as sad as it makes me i'll drop i'll be there (laughs) all right so that leaves you with three and leaves me with three songs for four spots. So six songs left for four spots. All right. So what, 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 out of the three songs that we've got left each, which ones do we really want to keep? All right. So I have 99 Ways to Die, A Thousand Times Goodbye, and Hook and Mouth. Of those three songs that are left, I really, really would like to see and I really would like to, to hear A Thousand Times Goodbye on that. Okay. What I like a lot about the song is that, you know, being a relationship song, he actually has a girl in there. There's a conversation on the phone back and forth with him and basically what would essentially be his girlfriend or, you know, 
or a girlfriend. It may not necessarily be Dave Mustaine, but it's a, a, a girlfriend talking on the phone, basically fessing up to the fact that she has cheated on her man. And he is basically listening to this, kind of trying to salvage it. But then at the end, he's really like, you know what? You suck is exactly what he says in the song. And that, to me, is such a cool, cool part, you know. And then he goes into some ripping solos. And I and in the the melody that he has in the chorus is so cool. I love that song. My, I think it's a, it's a song that a lot of us can sympathize with and understand, and I I can agree with it. I mean i I think I think it's a great track. It was again, it was one that was on my my overall list of like thirty forty songs, but it just didn't quite make it for me. But uh, I get it. I like it. All right. So you got. Three songs left, and you got to pick one right now that you absolutely want to keep. I think uh, what I just talked about, I think In My Darkest Hour, has to be the one that stays. It's It's got a great slow intro that builds into a really iconic riff, and it's it's a good story, too. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of fun to listen to. I think, it's it, to me, it's the highlight off of So Far, So Good, So What?, and it's it, that's an album we don't have something represented from, so I think it's a good one to keep on there to keep the variety going. Fair enough. That works. Okay, so now we both have two songs left. So whichever one we announce as the winner is going to be the song that makes it, and the other song is going to be the one that gets dropped. So I have 99 Ways to Die left and Hook and Mouth. Now... I think you just did me a favor because you, okay. you said that we had no representation of So Far So Good So What so we kept In My Darkest Hour and because of that because we do have representation I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make 99 Ways to Die the song that I want to keep on my list okay alright so that that leaves Fatal Illusion or Sleepwalker and as much as I love Fatal Illusion, um, we do have a representation from Dystopia with uh, The Threat is Real, which I think is the better of the, better song of the two, honestly. I think it's a, it's a bit better than, than Fatal Illusion. And uh, I'm a big fan of Sleepwalker. And I think that's an, a, a bit underrepresented album. And uh, I'm going to have to pick that one as the last track to remain on the album. Wow, there you go. Excellent. All right. So the 15 songs that we had that we're picking from and what we're going to do, I think, um, if you agree with this, since this is our first time doing this, how about we we go back and forth and we pick one song. Like, say you start, you pick the, the lead off track. I'll pick the, set, the next one and so on back and forth. However, I think we should each get two vetoes. Where maybe at the end we say, I think this album or this song should move here, and maybe each of us do it like one or two, and then that's our final track listing. What do you think? That sounds good enough to me. All right, <clears throat> so the 15 songs we need to pick from are Holy Wars, Symphony of Destruction, Peace Cells, Mechanics, Hangar 18, Sleepwalker, Kill the King, Angry Again. In My Darkest Hour, Head Crusher, Skin of My Teeth, The Threat is Real, Wake Up Dead, 
a thousand times goodbye and 99 ways to die okay so to to compile this list how how is it that we want to do the order because you had your you know this is for for your driving pleasure and i had it from my concert experience well i think i think um since you're gonna start off by picking the first track i'm gonna have to kind of follow your lead in a way so i think that's a good way to do it um Whatever you pick, I'm gonna have to pick something that I think feel or fills, you know, like what is the next track. So if you pick something exciting and bombastic, I may pick something that's that's the same that keeps the pace going, or I might want to take it in a different direction. And I think that's like when we use the vetoes, that's kind of the fun of it too. Is is I may pick something that you don't think necessarily follows, and then you get a, you get the choice of saying. Well, I kind of want to move this one. <laughs> All right. Sounds cool. So the way I look at it, now, the other way I used to do it, when I used to make greatest hit CDs, some bands used to do theirs chronologically. And I never really thought that was cool because what happens when you go chronological is that especially like a band like Kiss or even, you know, Metallica's never put out a greatest hits, but even a band like that, you can hear the sonic changes throughout throughout the listening experience and you you feel you know you're growing older with the band as you know as time goes on and I don't necessarily like that I like to go back and forth and in that way you can you don't get used to any one era so very similar to a concert very similar to how you're talking about where you want to be you know constantly uh, excited about what's coming on or what's about to play I um I think that the the greatest hits should be one of those very similar to, you know, upbeat in the beginning. You know, you get your meat in the middle, and you you have your iconics at the end. But sometimes, there's, you know, an upbeat in the beginning sometimes has an iconic to 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 open a show. Like very similar to um, Megadeth playing uh, some shows recently in uh, in on the uh, Dystopia tour. No, it wasn't Dystopia. It was the tour before Dystopia. They were playing Holy Wars to start off the show. And as cool as that is, I don't know if I could do Holy Wars to start off the show because to me that's their, like one of their best songs. I'm like, I, I would hate that to be the first song because I'm like, man, well, it's time to go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I gotcha. I mean, it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't like the fact that Metallica closes with Enter Sandman. I loved it when they did when they opened the Black album with that song because that was so cool. But there's certain songs that you just don't want to hear five minutes into the concert I don't, I, I don't know or, or it's anything you know it's like I feel like you've, you've, you've shot your wad at that point you know that's fair enough yeah but that being said alright so we've I, I've laid down the groundwork of how I'm going to go about this and you can you know you have your veto power I think we should hold on to those until the end unless we feel really strongly about something okay alright so how do we want to open up Megadeth's greatest hits. That's a good one because they've got some really good opening songs. Like so, on this album, or 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 on this list that we have, we have one, two, three. If I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's three, maybe four. I got I got to look this up. But four songs that are three or four songs that are openers on the albums themselves. Mm-hmm. 
So that that right there tells you a lot about that. So I'm going to go with, um, in this instance, I'm going to go with mechanics as my number one. To Interesting. O- to open Interesting out. choice. And part of that, there's two reasons. One, because, you know, it is got that 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 slow build up in the beginning, and then on top of that, it is also one of their earliest songs. So, even though chron you know chronological things are not something I want to do, I think sometimes it helps because you see where they start, and you can go back and forth throughout the an album. But you always, I think, to see where it starts is is really cool experience to me. All right, so. How about for number two, we're going from mechanics into Hangar 18. I dig it. I think that's a good place to go. Um, You know, it's a few years later. The band's a bit more mature. uh, But I think it's a good build-up song. I mean, obviously, the whole intro of that song is build-up. But it takes us into, um, you know, a a little bit... um, more of a intermediate pace so then we could lead into something uh maybe really any direction because it's kind of right there in the middle it it doesn't we don't have to go super fast we don't have to go um you know real soft it's it's kind of open from there exactly uh i i like that i i like i mean that was my number two song as far as as you know like a concert type go would go and Mm -hmm. to me it, it is the perfect like perfect number two segue song because you know in the concert experience you know the way i like it is you know you get that first song that that really you know brings up the energy it charges you up right and you just want to keep something going but a lot of times i don't want to blow all my energy on the second song so i don't want a song that goes faster because that just means i gotta i gotta keep up and i'm gonna really be tired three or four songs in you know, mm-hmm. but I want a song that keeps the pace, either the same or just a hair below. But it has such a good vibe to it, and I think Hangar 18 is that perfect song. Okay. All right. So number three, after Hangar 18, I'd like to hear. <laughs> how about Symphony of Destruction? What I like about Symphony is that it's one of those crowd pleasers. You know, and and you know, you, the the beat, you know, the den and den and den, you know, the crowd is going into it. You know, they're clapping along, they're singing along, and and that's one of those songs where I think everybody gets involved, and that's a, that's a cool way to to, you know, once you've already got their energy going, you you don't want to totally gas them, but you want them to, you want them to stay involved, and I think that's a perfect way to to do that as far as concert experience concern. As far as a driving experience or listening experience, when you when you're got a CD going or, or you know listening on your playlist on your headphones, I think after Hangar 18, you have that so much energy. There's, it's just a, it's a it's a really cool way to keep you into it. Very I mean very similar to you, the way your concert experience is. You can you, you, the vibe comes down, but you're still into it because it's got such a cool melody in it. I like it. Um, I think that's a, that's a good point. You know, bringing in one of those songs that. That's just a really popular song, a crossover hit. I think it's a great way to do it. And just like you said, if if you're singing along in the car, it's a really exciting song. You you know you're you're you know belting it out, or you're at the concert doing the same thing. Then you might need a breather. 
So I think for number four, I'm going to pick In My Darkest Hour. It's a song that kind of brings the pace down, but then picks it up a little bit towards the end. So it's kind of a ebb and flow kind of situation. You're, you've hit that high point with Symphony of Destruction, maybe bring it down a little bit. And then, you know, that leads also into maybe something bigger for the next track. I like that. I can go with that. That that's uh, I like that idea. At some point, somewhere along the way, it's going to come down. So, you know, where is it that you want it to come down? You know, and at what point do you want it to continue to build, build, and build? So the question then comes from here. Do we want to build or do we want to, you know, go back up right away 100%? I think, in my opinion, I think I want to build rather than, than go crazy all in one shot. So if I'm building, then I think I'm going to go with... Uh, I got two choices I want to put here. I think I'm going to go with Kill the King. Okay. Uh, I, I was going to go with Peace Cells, but I, I think Kill the King is a little bit better on this spot. All right. I, I just like, you know, because the song never gets too crazy, um, but that drum beat and that, that guitar riff, I mean, it just stays so steady throughout the whole, the whole song. That you know, coming out of in my darkest hour, you, you've you've slowed it down, so you come out with this opening riff where it's just dun 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 dun. You know, it it's it the the intro riff or the riff of the song basically builds at the beginning because you hear the four measures of that, and then in come the drums with that crazy cool you know staccato beat that it built you back up, but it didn't. It's it's not shooting you out, and and you're done after that. So. I, I, I like that that medium pace of that song. Okay, I, I can agree with that. Um, and I think that since you picked a built-up song, then I, I really need to pick something kind of heavy. So I think I'm going to go with Head Crusher. It's a pretty exciting song. It's, uh, it's very heavy. And I feel like it's kind of one that really needs to kind of sit in the middle somewhere. So... This is we're kind of getting into the middle of it, so I think it's a good choice to fit right there. Okay, fair enough. I can, I can live with that for there for now. We'll see how the list goes. Let's see where we're at here. We do we do have vetoes. So yeah, exactly. That being the case, I think I want to go after Head Crusher. It's one of those where Head Crush is really quick, you know, very speedy, a lot of notes in it. I want to bring it back down to a normal pace. I'm going to go with Angry again. Okay. You know, after after literally shooting your wad with a million notes in Head Crusher and, and, the, and the high pitch, you know, guitar leads and stuff like that, I want, I want to take another breather. I want to come down because we're in the middle of it, and I don't necessarily want to keep that energy all the way up all the time because that ebbs and flow thing, it happens a lot in the middle of, of everything. So mm-hmm. to me, you know, you got head crush, you brought that ebb back up, and you got to flow down nice and cool. And angry again is similar to Kill the King where it's just, it, it keeps that steady pace throughout the song and has a really cool melody and very catchy chorus. All right. Well, for the next one, I don't want to go too far down. I don't think we need to go all the way back down again and rebuild up. I think we, we kind of need to either keep it on the same pace or maybe even step up a little bit again. Um, I think right here a good one would be 99 Ways to Die. Um, it's it's not 
too fast. It's kind of in the same lane. And since we're kind of in the middle, I think it's probably a good place to place it. I like that one. I like that. It's, I think that's a perfect spot for it. 99 Ways to Die. Off of Beavis and Butthead Experience. That's a really good album. <laughs> it is. And I, and I like the interludes in between the songs. <laughs> All right, so I'm not ready to see you yet, but let's go to number nine. And I think we're in that in the numbers game again, so I want I want to continue with a thousand times goodbye. It's bringing up the pace slowly, although it's probably very similarly paced, maybe a little bit slower. But towards the end of the song, it builds up a little bit quicker than the way Ninety Nine Ways to Die is. So it may it may, it, it may end up at the same speed as Ninety Nine Ways to Die, but it definitely slows it slows down at the beginning and builds up towards the end. Okay, so let's see. Um, right here, I think maybe it's a good time for peace cells. Uh, we we've kind of played some songs here that they're they are iconic and they are awesome tracks, but I think it's time to bring in one of the uh, the real like the real Megadeth songs, you know, the ones that everybody knows. So I think this is this is the the time for something big. And I think that's got to be Peace Cells. Okay, okay. Peace Cells. All right, so if we're going to do from Peace Cells, which is another one of those songs that builds, I say I say we need to go to... Uh, we have to put Sleepwalker in there because I don't want it any farther to the end. <laughs> Fair enough. So Sleepwalker's got to go in that spot. All right. Um, so let's see. We've got four tracks left. We've got Holy Wars, Skin of My Teeth, The Threat is Real, and Wake Up Dead. Hmm. Let me think about this. I'm, I'm thinking about Wake Up Dead, and I'm wondering if maybe... I'm wondering if maybe we place it there, or maybe I use one of my vetoes to kind of move it somewhere up higher in the list. Higher meaning more towards the beginning of the... More towards the beginning, yeah. What do you think about after after In My Darkest Hour moving Wake Up Dead and then moving Kill the King down? Kill the so King. basically push everything down and then like move Wake Up Dead to track number five. And move everything down one? Yeah. So basically you're going from In My Darkest Hour to wake up dead which kind of like kicks in again because you're going you're kind of coming out of a slow song and then because wake up dead is an intro track it does feel that kind of way like where it's it's you know starting things up again and then you're going into kill the king which has more of a medium pace that works for me i like that all right so i'm i'm using one of my vetoes to move Wake Up Dead to track number five. So that leaves Sleepwalker at 12. And we got three more tracks to to go with. So we got three more tracks. So the, the three tracks we have left are Holy Wars, The Threat is Real, and Skin of My Teeth. That being said, I'm going to go with Skin of My Teeth. Between the three that are left, I like Skin of My Teeth 
more because I think it, it begins very similarly how I, I made it the beginning of my encore. You got that song to bring it back up, and then you have a song after that, and then you have your finale. So to me, I like skin of my teeth in that spot. Okay. All right. So between Holy Wars and The Threat is Real, I think oof, this is a tough one. I think I'm going to go with The Threat is Real and leave The Holy Wars as the last track. The reason being is I think Holy Wars is just it's just that iconic song and it it's if you're not going to stick around all the way through it for it, I mean, if 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 you're going if you're not going to stick away through, you know, a whole album for any song in particular, like this is the one that's going to convince you to do it. You know, stick through all 15 tracks because Holy Wars is just that badass of a song. I, it is in that I, I completely agree. When I was looking at the list that we were doing, and I, I had a feeling that Holy Wars was going to be one of your songs on there because it's just kind of obvious. So I was saying, is this debate basically solidifying Holy Wars' place as the best Megadeth song that Dave Mustaine has written? I mean, it's to me, it's my favorite. And I, and I know some people say Hangar 18, and Hangar 18 really does have a claim to the throne if you're really into guitar solos because i think it has 12 guitar solos which are all awesome it is a great song for that aspect of music but as far as like conceptually and and you know the the creativity that went into holy wars and then the lyrical content it's just an amazing song it's a to me it's the magnum opus of megadeth absolutely <laughs> All right, so I didn't use any veto power on it. I was going to, but when you moved Wake Up Dead, I thought that was perfect to push everything down. Although I would probably prefer to see Sleepwalker a little bit earlier in this in this lineup, but with everything that's around it, I'm okay with it. It's not a problem for me. So I, I mean, like this. The only the only things that I can think of would be maybe to move it. Maybe move it somewhere right around Head Crusher, either before or after. So you kind of have that like high energy back to back. But I almost feel like the flow is really nice here where we're, we're going, you know, kind of like peaks and valleys here. Yeah, the, the only the place that I was thinking of maybe swapping it was with 99 Ways to Die. What do you think about swapping Sleepwalker with Head Crusher? I would like that better. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So we'll move Sleepwalker to number seven and Head Crusher to, what was the other number? Sleepwalker is number 12. Got it. Okay. So Sleepwalker number seven, Head Crusher number 12. Right. All right. Any other changes you want to make? I, I, I think that's good. I like it. All right. We're locked in. Why don't you read off our 15 uh, greatest hits tracks? Okay, number one, and this is not in terms of being the number one song, but number one, Mechanics. Number two, Hangar 18. Number three, Symphony of Destruction. Number four, In My Darkest Hour. Number five, Wake Up Dead. Number six, Kill the King. Number seven, Sleepwalker. Number eight, Hank... Hangry... Number eight. (laughs) (laughs) Angry again. Yeah. Number eight, angry again. Number nine, 99 ways to die. 
Number 10, 1,000 times goodbye. How appropriate. Uh, number 11, peace sells, but who's buying? Number 12, head crusher. Number 13, skin of my teeth. Number 14, the threat is real. And number 15, holy wars, the punishment due. I like it. Well, there you go. There's the definitive greatest hits according to the guys at Debating Metal. Who? <laughs> I, I like the list a lot. I think it's uh, I think it's really cool. You know, there's 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 probably a couple of songs I would like to have seen on it, but at the same time, you know that you gotta. There's, there's just so much in their catalog. Oh yeah, uh, th- that's the crazy thing when when picking this list. I was like, yeah, it's not gonna be the problem. The big fifteen songs, and then thirty eight songs later, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's funny because this is one of the. I would almost venture to say this is one of one of the easier bands that we're going to be able to pull through with, with, with something like this. Because when you think about bands like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, and Metallica, which we're, we're looking to do, that, those are crazy because there's so many good songs. So oh, yeah. I'm looking know. forward to doing all of those and more. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, definitely a fun experiment. And uh, we'll, we'll be... I think we're going to be doing it again next week, right? I hope so. I would like to think so. I, I like I liked what we did here. Actually what what was kind of to one to one point almost disappointing about it was we didn't disagree too much. Um I think we will next week though, so <laughs> we'll, we'll have to discuss that one. Exactly. And we'll tell you what is coming up next week a little bit later. Um actually we're going to tell you what's coming up next week after we do the big four Megadeth guitarists, which we're going to do right now. I believe I was the one who went first last week with the, the big four Testament songs. So it's your turn to go first this week with the big four Megadeth guitarists. All right. So for my number four, I picked a guitarist who only appeared on one Megadeth album, uh, but it's a pretty stellar one. And I think it's a little bit uh, underrated for what it is. He's a great guitarist, and that's Al Petrelli. the The sound that's on "The World Needs a Hero" is is I, th- I think it's better than what the album is as a whole. Like I I really like that album, but I I don't think all the songs are are super strong. But I think the guitar sound is fantastic, and I wish sometimes that that lineup had lasted a bit longer. Uh, most of them. You know that you've got guys that that stayed on in the band for a little bit longer period than that that you know that lineup did, uh, especially because you had the, the the basically the the solo album with the the system has failed afterwards and the fallout from that. But Al Petrelli b- brought something really great to the band that unfortunately just didn't last very long. Uh, for number three, I picked Chris Poland. He's the original and just freaking awesome um he appeared also on the the system has failed um his guitar sound really kind of formed a lot of what uh early megadeth would sound like um i'm not a huge fan of killing is my business but peace sells to me is is it's debatable if it's my favorite or not because rust and peace is also up there so i love his guitar sound and his his contribution to the band is is paramount um for number two i had to pick marty friedman 
I mean, Rust in Peace, Countdown to Extinction. I even love the stuff that he did with some of the other albums, even though I'm not as big of a fan of Euthanasia, Cryptic Writings, and obviously Risk. Um, but Marty Friedman's a great guitarist. He's one of those guys that he's a self-taught musician, and he he's not. I wouldn't look to him to be like you know that's who I'm going to learn from because he's one of those guys that he recognizes. Even he says he says the way he plays is is not the right way to play but he's one of those guys that also just plays from his heart and his soul and it's hard not to agree with that i mean musically he's just fun to listen to and he's a great guy um so for number two marty friedman and for number number one um one of my favorite guitarists ever uh kiko lorero who's only appeared thus far on dystopia um, but I'm a huge fan of the guy from before with uh, Angra, and I love what he brought to the band with Dystopia. The Dystopia is just a freaking amazing album. It really renewed my faith in, in Megadeth because the last few albums, I loved United Abominations. I think, I, like as I've said before, I think it's a really underrated album. But Endgame 13 and Super Collider, they were really hit or miss for me. And um those those albums were glenn drover and chris broderick and uh sean drover james lomenzo and finally dave ellison returning to the band um but that era of the band i just i just couldn't get into as much there were some really good tracks on 13 um a couple good ones off of super collider um but for the most part it just didn't do anything for me and then and then dystopia comes out and just rocks my world and kiko being from angra which has been one of my favorite bands for a long period of time um he brought something special to the band and i'm so excited for the new album that's coming out i really am for the first time in a long time excited for some music that's coming out next year so i gotta go with kiko because he really renewed my faith and I just love his guitar playing. He's he's masterful. I, I gotta say, the this list. What's amazing about your list, in different order, it's exactly the same as my list. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that it's it's pretty awesome. Um, I I love Kiko. Uh, I think he brings a soul to this uh, the, this band that they haven't had in a while. And he <clears> makes <throat> Dave smile. Who who else can say that? <laughs> They, they all did at one point, and then he gets pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> um, all right, I, I like I like your 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 four guitar players because they're the same as mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like your list, but I have a different order, uh, and I'm going to give you the reasons for my order. Okay, so my number four big four guitar uh, Megadeth guitar players guitarists. Number four was Chris Poland. Uh, I picked Chris at number four because he was the one who who started it all, uh, as far as killing is my business and peace cells. Uh, he was uh, unceremoniously fired after the peace cells tour, um, or did he even finish the tour? I, I can't remember. I think he he left at the end of the tour or right before the end of the tour, something like that. But anyway, he was gone. Uh, they brought they brought in uh, some guy Jeff Waters that really didn't go anywhere, and Dave wasn't too happy. But Chris left his mark. I mean. Those first two albums are pretty awesome in terms of guitar playing. You know, Killing is My Business, extremely raw. But at the same time, there was some good stuff in that album. But Peace Cell solidified it. I mean, there was some excellent guitar work on that. And and Dave established his songwriting where it was going to be 
we're going to present this song, the first three quarters, and the last quarters is going to be guitar solos. I mean, that's pretty much his, his MO. Uh, uh, so I like that. But Chris is a fabulous guitar player, and to the point where I don't know if it was Dave Mustaine coming more to his senses or Chris coming to his senses or what it is. They patched things up. Chris played on his uh, on his reunion album, I guess. It was the Megadeth solo album, if you want to put it that way. Uh, he was the session guitar player for that and helped Dave out. So that was pretty cool. So they kind of patched things up there, but Chris could never go back out there and play with him on a regular basis beyond that. You know, he helped him out, and that was that. Number three is Al Petrelli. I, I picked Al Petrelli because I think he does some amazing guitar work on The World Needs a Hero. That album is extremely underrated, and to me, when you look at the albums that came out in the 90s from Euthanasia and... and uh, cryptic writings and risk if you stick that album either after euthanasia or before euthanasia it fits perfectly i think that 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 songwriting was so reminiscent to that era that it it deserved to be in that general range but instead it's in the 2000 range and it was almost kind of like the beginning of the end and the beginning of the beginning it was one of those weird things because after such a disaster for risk Dave had to do something and he had that comeback album with A World Needs a Hero but at the same time that was the end of the band and then he did his solo Megadeth and then then the band kind of rejuvenated itself again so it was one of those weird beginning of the end and beginning type of thing <laughs> so so but Al did some amazing work and if anybody needs to go see Al on a regular basis um, he is part of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra Touring Edition and they are doing a they're sh- doing a streaming event for this Christmas instead of touring, uh, and he will probably be on that uh, streaming event. So check out the TSO event in December. All right, number two for me would be Kiko Larrero, um, and I love his guitar work that he did on Dystopia for his technical. As Megadeth is, and the way Dave Mustaine writes, and as technical as that album is, there is a soulfulness to the guitar playing that you can hear that that Kiko brought out of Dave, and and Kiko brought in his own guitar playing, and that's that's what's really cool about that. That's that's one of the things that makes that album that much better. Besides, they really have a chemistry together. They really do. Oh yeah, they do, and you know, very similar to the chemistry that Dave and Marty had. Uh, because for, for what it's worth, Marty was there for a long time for a reason, because there was a chemistry that worked. You know, Otherwise, if it didn't work, Dave would have gotten rid of Marty. So for that very same reason, that's why Marty is my number one, because Marty was there longer than any other guitar player. And there was a reason why, and it was because he was that damn good. And his his monument is... In, in in terms of the albums, his biggest statement is Rust in Peace. The, the, the guitar work in that is absolutely insane and incredible. Oh, it really is. I mean, I it, it was hard for me to, to kind of choose in a way because Marty Friedman was with the band for so long. But the fact is, I really don't like three of the albums that much that he, he played on. And 
it has nothing to do with him as a guitarist. I think he's a, an amazing guitarist. I just love Kiko that much more. His technical expertise, but still having a level of soul when he plays. Like a lot of guys, when you say like they're really technical, they don't have that soul behind it. But like exactly what you said, like there's there's something about the way that he plays that really drew me into Angra, and then. I was just so happy that he joined Megadeth. It was a, it was a dream come true. Yeah, and when I when I when I watched the uh, I watched one of their concerts and Kiko's playing. Kiko's just standing there and he's just ripping solos and looking around, smiling. You know, yeah. He can't be in he can't be in Slayer because he smiles too much. But it's it, <laughs> the 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 fact he's that good that he could look around, ripping solos and and you know and 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 just play. It's 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 amazing, and and that is part of the soulfulness because he's in there. He's just giving you what he's got, without having to to really work at it. I mean, it's it's part of his talent. He's, it's that's how amazing a talent he is. You know, they've had a lot of great guitar players in that band. I mean, you got Chris Poland, you've got Jeff Waters, which Jeff Waters was probably the least of all the guitar players. You know, you've got. Um, Marty, you know, you have Al Petrelli, you have Sean Drover, you know, Chris Broderick. Chris Broderick. Who is Jeff Waters? Is that is that his name or Jeff Young? Jeff, Jeff Young. Young. I'm sorry. I keep saying Jeff well, I'm Waters. I'm like, I'm trying, I'm like. And I'm, you know who Jeff Waters is? <laughs> Jeff Waters is a guy from, I think, Annihilator or something like that. <laughs> and he's a really good guitar I'm, player. I take that back. <laughs> sorry, <when> Jeff. <laughs> When you said it, I even like went to the Wikipedia page. I'm like, when was Jeff? Who's no, Jeff Waters? I, I'm so sorry. It was, I knew it was a, a letter late in the alphabet. It's Jeff Young. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies to Jeff Waters because I I know Jeff is a very good guitar player. Um, <clears throat> you know Jeff Young. I mean, he was he was a, literally a blip in the radar. Marty was obviously what I consider the, the best guitar player to be in Megadeth. You know. Al. But Jeff Young was—he did a good job on so far, so so good, so what? It sounds really good, but I think he's more of a of a studio musician. I know he was a guitar teacher, and I don't think he had that like that impact that the other guys had in that like the chemistry, I guess. Right, exactly. I mean, it's one of those things. You know, Dave at that time is 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 going through a lot of you know shit personally. So mm-hmm. he finds someone that he basically clicked with on on real real fast, but then you know as it got farther along, he realized it just so it just wasn't working for him. Yeah, you know Al did a great job. Chris Broderick to me is is one of those where I I think he's the kind of guy he's so technical because he's so smart and he's so good at guitar playing, but there is a little bit of stiffness there. Mm-hmm. You know I love Chris, I I I, I like what he did i mean i watched their the the guitar center sessions chris was on that um i've seen you know several uh, i think chris was on the um the the big four uh from sophia you know with uh, all four big four bands um he was on that concert uh, i've seen a couple other concerts from him and he's he's so good but there is a little bit uh, of coldness i guess you could say because he is so technical, he is so precise that I think that's what Dave felt needed to change, you know. And and at, at that point, it's also a matter of you know 
they, he may have overstayed his welcome. Who knows what the deal was? But Kiko was a great replacement, excellent guitar player. I think Kiko. I look. I do as well. Look forward to this next album that comes out. I mean, twenty twenty one is going to be insane for new music. Uh, so I, oh, I I'm know. Looking forward to that. I, th- I think when we just need to mention though is Glenn Drover. I liked the chemistry of the Drover brothers with with Dave a little more than I did Chris Broderick, who replaced uh, Glenn. And uh, I think he he did a great job for what you know his time period in the band. And uh, but I I think all these guys were were really amazing in their own respect. And and that's one thing about Megadeth is he's played with some really great musicians over the years. Absolutely. All right. So, Chris, that brings us uh, an end to this show. We've done Megadeth's greatest hits. What are we going to do next week? All right, so for our 40th episode, I think we're going to tackle the same thing that we did this week, uh, but with uh, your favorite band, Metallica. I think it's time we finally really do a Metallica episode, uh, so why don't we do Metallica's Greatest Hits? Ooh, I like that. That's going to be I think fun. it's going to be a tough one. And it's going to be real hard, real hard to narrow that thing down to 15 songs. Definitely hard but I'm going to enjoy it. All right, so tune in next week for Metallica's Greatest Hits. And remember, always turn it up to 11. See ya. (laughs) 